Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of DTV. My name is Layla Medeiros, and I'm very excited today to bring you Alicia Mupin, who is the Deputy Managing Director of Aster. This is one of the largest integrated healthcare conglomerates in the world. Um, Alicia, amongst many other things, uh, oversees the uh, strategic direction of Aster, as well as its expansion into new markets. Um, she's also been the recipient of a number of industry awards and accolades. Um, she was elected by the World Economic Forum, just a small company that nobody's ever heard of, uh, as a young global leader in 2018. Um, she's also been recently elected to uh, the board of directors at uh, USA Thought Leadership and Innovation Forum. Welcome to DTV, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. So let's maybe start at a high note and talk a little bit about your role at um, Aster Health and also, you know, what um, is the role that digital technology really plays in supporting some of your healthcare goals? Sure. So just to give you a background on Aster, uh, we are a 35-year-old organization, started with a small clinic and then expanded into pharmacies and then having hospitals. The vision for Aster um, that was set forth by our chairman has been to provide end-to-end -end care, the full circle of care within healthcare from primary care all the way to quaternary care. So we do have anything that you want from a uh, regular OPD visit for a cold and cough, all the way to sort of uh, transplant programs, which are really sort of high-end and uh, complex, right? Um, I think going into, uh, uh, you know, what we're stuck with right now has been two years of COVID, probably the most challenging time that the world has seen, but specifically so in healthcare. Uh, but we've been very impressed to see within our own organization, out of our 3,000 doctors, we had almost 1,000 doctors now onboarded on virtual consult. Uh, we had um, hundreds and thousands of, uh, um, of consultations which happened online. At the end of the day, the patient care did not get compromised. And that for us was the biggest win. So as we look at it right now, I think uh, mine and the boards and the management team's main focus is how is it that these uh, uh, makeshift solutions that we kind of came up with to manage us during COVID, how do you ensure they're, they're embedded into uh, what we're doing on a day-to-day -day basis? A lot of these happened as periphery. Um, teleconsult was easy, but when it came to EICU, home care, a lot of these things were sort of uh, sitting outside of the core technology. And now we don't want to lose this momentum we've gained with COVID. And we're saying, how do we make sure that this becomes the new way of life? Because there's so many benefits out of it. We don't want things to regress back to what we were pre-COVID. So you talk a little bit about telehealth. Um, and I guess the question is that is telehealth um, a trend? Is it something that um, is here to stay? Uh, and if so, what are some of the technologies uh, that are going to be instrumental in ensuring that telehealth is effective. Yeah, so it. I think the smartphones have really kind of revolutionized the way we do anything, right? Especially right. starting with banking, nobody goes to the banks anymore, and we say the the camera in the in the phone uh, just becomes such a powerful tool when it comes to healthcare. Uh, so even during COVID, there are some. There's some departments and diseases that it's much more uh, easy 
for us to shift onto the online model and to the telehealth model that you're talking about. So when it's dermatology, when it's ENT, um, when it's a, a regular GP consultation, I think uh, the power of the phone and just having some peripheral devices attached to it, which helps us sort of check the heartbeat, check the pulse, you know, your uh, um, the, uh, the blood pressure monitors, your throat, like you mentioned, dermatology, you have a rash, especially kids, you know, you just take a picture and send it to the doctor rather than having to take this crying mm -hmm. baby across somewhere, right? right? So some of these departments we've seen a permanent, we believe, a more permanent shift towards online care because suddenly people are saving two hours of time going back and forth and waiting around. So I think time is everyone's most precious resource. I guess what's going to um, what's going to be interesting is how there's so many devices right now with the IOTs and with the wearables, the amount of data which is there. How do you kind of, as a healthcare system, make these into more actionable insights, right? You might be, I'm wearing a whoop, you know, you're probably wearing a Fitbit or an Apple uh, watch or something. And all this information, rather than just sitting with you, um, it would be great the minute it starts getting integrated into your healthcare provider's system so that suddenly you can make more actionable insights and prepare um, kind of management patterns for people according to that. And especially for chronic disease management, when you're talking about lifestyle diseases right now, it cannot be your episodic interaction with a doctor. I want to know what you're doing on a daily basis so that I can sort of coach you towards a better management of things that, you know, we probably have to live with, but rather than seeing it deteriorate um, over, you know, maybe six months, one year, two years, how do I on a weekly, monthly basis stay connected with you so that can, I can guide you in the right direction. So I think these are the sort of diseases we feel will really kind of create stickiness um, for the patients um, and, and also for people who just want to be well. Uh, if, if we have done our, you know, genetic tests and we know what we're predisposed to, how do I make sure that I don't end up in a certain place after a few years? Um, okay. I believe that the tipping point in healthcare is going to be really when we can use the past information about ourselves, whether it's uh, our nationality, whether it's our genetic code, whether it's our social status, whether it's our educational levels, and sort of be able to predict where's my health going to reach me with the current choices that I'm making. So mm -hmm. I think when we get to that point, that's when real, real shift in healthcare will happen. Right. And it's not far away. Right. The next topic I was going to delve into was the user experience and uh, the, the Customer experience has always been front and center in retail, but now it's becoming uh, very much central um, and a priority in healthcare, patient care, uh, the patient experience, um, and you know UI UX has has become a, a primary piece of that. So, uh, what role does uh, CX play when it comes to the healthcare industry, and how do you see this trend evolving? So, I think. This is going to be the most uh, important crux of everything, right? What, how is the user experiencing healthcare? How is right. it that I think one of the uh, in the past patients did not feel uh, like they had any control on what's happening to them, other than you know you're always kind of. Uh, 
begging for information or you're getting all these different uh, information coming your way. But now with digital health, you feel a lot more empowered. You feel you have the opportunity to be a lot more engaged as well. Right. So I think, I, I think uh, making sure that people get what they need, right? I mean, rather than blasts of, okay, if I'm uh, a, wom a woman in this certain category, what are the kind of things I need to be mindful about? What are the kind of tests that I need right. to do uh, to make sure that I'm taking control of my health? So I think it becomes so much more personalized and it is the duty of the government, the, um, the healthcare providers to make sure that we curate that experience for the yeah. patient. And that's what we are trying to do, right? I mean, it's not just about having a app ready for you? How do you make sure this app is your kind of one source of truth on what I need to be mindful of, what I need to be doing? How do I take care of myself? What are the pitfalls that I could fall into, right? So making that customer experience as easy and simple, it needs to be simple for everyone to be able to use it from the patient to the doctor, to everyone else in the ecosystem as well, and make it engaging. I mean, it's not, it's not like, um, in healthcare, you always say, okay, maybe I'll go to the doctor uh, or go to a hospital once in three years and maybe to a doctor uh, two or three times in, uh, uh, in, a, in a year. But now that's changing. I might need to stay connected a lot more so that I can take the best control of my health. So for that, that user experience will be key. And what you're seeing is now very interesting models on gamification of this as well, right? Yeah. Um, like when you set your goals as, 10,000 steps. I, I can't go to sleep unless I've hit my 10,000 steps. It becomes a little bit of a challenge. Uh, yeah. But I think it, it's great to be building those healthy behaviors, uh, those right incentives. And when you're able to link it up between the payer, the provider, the patient, make sure patient mm -hmm. stays at the center of it. I think that's where you have a winning formula. Let's switch it up a little bit, Alicia. You have, as a young female leader, um, you are a significant role model in the healthcare industry and just for, you know, as an executive who's who's made great strides. And I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about, um, you know, what motivates and inspires you um, and maybe were there any formative moments um, in that, you know, in your early days that have helped shape who you are today that you can talk a little bit about? Sure. So I think, uh, Leila, as most of us, uh, uh, we we kind of go through this journey trying to discover ourselves, right? Uh, mine has, um, I think you know a lot more when you're younger and what you want to do and then somewhere things get lost and sidelined and hijacked along the way. Uh, for me, I did want to be a doctor when I was uh, young, uh, kind of somewhere in between that dream uh, kind of fell aside and I went into consulting, I became a chartered accountant, but um, when I when I had a, a very unfortunate uh, uh, interaction with healthcare, when my son actually had a nasty accident, um, oh, and I okay. suddenly started spending a lot of time. I was in England at that time and started spending uh, sort of months at the NHS in the hospital, yeah. speaking to doctors, speaking to nurses. Uh, you know, uh, taking care. Uh, you know, sort of being part uh, from a patient perspective or from a carer perspective that's when it hit me like a, a ton of bricks that healthcare is where I want to be. It was the only thing that 
I connected with and it, you know, that lifelong dream that I had when I was a child came back. So I left mm-hmm. consulting at this point and I said that even though I might not be a doctor and I cannot treat patients directly, I do want to be in this ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kind of impact that it has, the kind of uh, power to touch people directly, it was something that resonated with me. I think there are these moments that sort of define and redefine our lives and, uh, right. uh, you know, it happens as you go along. Great. Well, Alicia, it's been a great pleasure to have you on the show today. Um, This wraps up this episode of DTV, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you, Leila. Thanks so much. Thank you. 